When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we very intently watch Blizzard and all of its games. I'm talking like this, and I don't exactly know why, but hi, I'm your host, Matt Rossi. With me this week are two fantastic co-hosts. Uh, one of them is going to talk about Animal Crossing right off the bat, because he always does, and the other is Anne Dan Stickney. You're here this week. Hey, Anne, what's going on? So in Animal Crossing... <laughs> yes! Ah, you stole it from him! I don't care, man. No, they're doing this event thing where you can get, like, crystal furniture, and I've gotten all of it, and now I'm just collecting lamps, because... Um, I don't know why I've decided that like my my thing in Animal Crossing is just building summoning rituals out of lamps and that's what I do at my campsite the end (laughs) as far as the game goes uh, I haven't been doing too much with the game except leveling my Nightborn Um, I got another level just by collecting Lunar Festival coins which was pretty great and then Alpha I've been messing around on the Alpha I just finished Drusvar I need to write a review of that. Uh, or, well, not a review, but a overview of what I have discovered. A spoiler-free overview of what I have discovered. No, I will not be doing story spoilers on the website, guys. Don't freak out. But that's Ooh. been my week. <laughs> uh, also with us this week, um, he'll probably still talk about Animal Crossing. Mitch, what are you up to this week, Mitch? Well, yes, uh, I will, because I am one piece of furniture away from having all of the people able to come to my campsite all 66 of them which is pretty impressive if i do See, say so myself I, I my problem mitch is that i will invite certain animals to my campsite because i like them and then other ones namely anyone that ever calls me brosephine ever never gets an <laughs> invite and if there were an in-game option to punch them in the face like i would do that <laughs> I just I do it for the completion. I don't keep them at my campsite. I just do it so you know. <laughs> you just invite them. Hey, here, look around. Now get out. Yeah. And like, <laughs> oh, it seems like it's full. Invite me back sometime. I'm like, ah, nope. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Someday. Air quote. <laughs> um, I also have finished the crystal event. I haven't decided what to use my crystals on, but the lamps definitely they're cool looking, and also the ritual thing is just hilarious. Uh, outside of Animal Crossing, which is never going to stop, so just get used to it. Um, It'll stop when a new Animal Crossing game comes out. Yes. Which never going to happen. Just right. Whatever. That's different. That's a different show. Don't wish uh, that into the world. Monster Hunter? I've been doing that. They have a... How is know, that? I love it. And it's... it. You know, it is exactly what it says. It's a game where you hunt monsters. But the monsters you hunt are giant. The way you fight them is a lot of fun. Um the whole tracking system of like, oh, you follow their, you know, these are fresh footprints or these are old footprints or, uh, you know, they're asleep now. So you have a chance. Okay, to like I have it. a question. It's a really important question. Is there poop? And do you follow that? Or is it just you? Act, no, there is dung. And um, there's poop. There's monster poop. OK, yeah, because that's just confirmed. Part, you know, that, that's part he, why is game monster. of the year, everybody? He hasn't even brought up that you have a little cat friend who goes everywhere with <laughs> yeah, you. No, it's called a, you palico. Can design the cat friend. You, a palico. A palico. Oh, yes. 
Yes, they're in all of the games. Um, I, I know we're getting off topic, but this it's worth talking. Um, yeah, so you the character creator is really in depth, and it that's also true of the palico because you can design your palico like eyes, fur color, spots, tail, the noises it makes, stuff like that. Um, see, I don't you... care about any of that, although I did see a video, and it was a really good video of um, real-life cats reacting to the cat, the, the Palico <laughs> character creation screen. So, like, as these people are creating their characters, and it's just going, meow, 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 and, like, the cats yep. are just freaking out. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty uh, great. You guys know that there's – I'm sorry to interrupt. I don't want to interrupt you, but I have to because this is very important. You know that when you get – like, I made a Lightforge Draenei, and I've been playing it. Uh, and it's great. I love it. I left its hearth at the Vindicar because I think it's cool to hearth Wait, back to the Vindicar. Which, which class are you playing? Warrior. You are playing a warrior. Okay, I'm just. Checking. I also have I also have a paladin, and he's also almost the same level as my warrior. But I've been letting him rest. But one of the cool things is when you hearth back to the Vindicar, you teleport down. You just take the teleport, and it teleports you down to Stormwind. Um, when I teleported down the other day, there was a corgi puppy just wandering around in front of the the Stormwind Embassy. So I stopped, and I noticed that I could click on him, and I clicked on him, and I stopped my character, got down on one knee, and petted him. Yep. I know. And pet so, the good doggos. It's so cute. And then, I, so I'm like, I can just stand here and pet this dog? Do I have to play World of Warcraft anymore, or can I just do this? A cat came by. Yeah. You can do the same thing to the cat. Yeah. The cat makes a... Haven't you been, haven't you been petting the doggos? No, I didn't know like, you could pet dogs. The ones in Valsharad. Yeah, in Brayden's book, Brooke and Valsharad, you can pet all of the dogs there. They're very good dogs. And you but, can also pet the very good dog on the broken shore. But but the thing was, when you petted the cat, the cat made a noise. Now, I've never actually went, petted Burr. a cat before, and I'm going to have to go check this out just in the interests of science and also because kitty. But when I petted it, my cats, who were outside in the hallway, like, began throwing themselves at the door and yelling in cat, you know. <laughs> Like, like they wanted to come beat that guy up. <laughs> the reason I told the story was because of the Palico thing, because you you said you saw the video. That's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of my cats who just wanted to kick that cat's butt. How come I, they get to? How come some strange cat gets to go in your office? We don't ever get to go in your office. So yeah, I really want to see how my cat reacts to the Palicos. Um, I actually named my Palico after my cat. So, Mitch, the, have you been? Just not to like divert from, but because you know it's a Blizzard podcast. So have you been doing anything in World of Warcraft lately? I or any other Blizzard game? Yes. Um, no, I've been leveling my Void Elf, uh, which is what I'm actually doing right now. Um, I flew around and got a lot of the Lunar Festival things. I did Northrend, Kalimdor, and Eastern Kingdoms, which I think are all of them. I don't think Outland or Pandaria have any. They don't, and that's weird. But then yeah. at the same time, it makes sense because it's the Azeroth Lunar Festival. Why would there be places on other planets that have that are giving yeah, away coins? They, they that doesn't make sense. Like, they did add the Winter Vale and the Hollow's End stuff to Pandaria, so like I thought maybe. Yeah, but uh, Pandaria, the ghosts there. Yeah. Yeah, Pandaria, it's like, maybe they should have added it to Pandaria, but they didn't, so... My my major complaint with this, and we can you know probably talk more about this when we get to it, is that there are 65, 65, 66, like if you do non-dungeon ones, um, and the crowns cost 100 total. There's I only to- four of them, aren't there? Yeah, and they're 25 coins each. Is and it 25? Oh yeah, it is 25, even isn't it? Do- even if you do the maximum, like dungeons, everything, you can only get 84 coins. I totally thought you'd be able to get them all on one character. And I'm like, okay, well, now I have 15 extra lying around because I, you know, I'm too low to do the dungeons or too low to solo the dungeons. Um, and now I have to do them on other characters, which is mildly annoying. Yeah. And we can talk about that. Yeah. Along with other stuff, which we should hey. probably do, huh? Yeah, let's Monster Hunter stop stories. Now. Yes, it is. Now be quiet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, very rare I've ever said that to you. Usually I just let you talk right over me. Um, yeah, top stories. Let's talk about some of those cool things. We're gonna since we started talking about it, let's talk about more puppies. Um the what was it called? The the puppy rumble, I think. Puppy rumble. The puppy oh, rumble. What in the heck? I mean I I, I, I woke up Monday and this. people were just talking about this thing nonstop. Puppies? Look. Dressed up as Overwatch characters, being puppies? Like, what happened? It was an Overwatch match. It was an Overwatch tournament, only with puppies. 
because it was so out of the blue. I think it was like Sunday they tweeted like get ready and it was just a t- teaser video. It was and for it, Year like, of the Dog because it's Year of the Dog. Yeah, they decided yeah, to do this. Still, still, it was Sunday. It was this teaser video, and then Monday, which was technically a federal holiday, was like, hey, here's a puppy bowl type. You know, puppy rumble, I guess. Officially. Yeah, because like every year for the Super Bowl, Animal Planet always does the puppy bowl, which is like they do, they do the Super Bowl only it's just puppies, and they have commentators and everything, and it's really funny. Well, this year for Year of the Dog, Overwatch decided to go their do their own version of it, and they did the puppy rumble, which was an Overwatch tournament with puppies, and it was great. Which is frankly brilliant. Like I, whoever. Lulu said, hey, for MVP. <laughs> That's all I have to say. She was and the again, best tracer. I, I was she was so good. She was on point. Symmetra. Wait, was Lulu Symmetra? Excuse me, Symmetra. Okay. There was I, a and tracer, is... and I liked the tracer too. I thought the tracer was really I, I need adorable. To rewatch because I wasn't home when this was on. Lulu um, was the scrappy little Symmetra. That's right. Yeah, and apparently all the dogs were available for adoption, and I I think as of this morning there were like three you could still adopt, but they they got picked up. Pretty quickly, they got snapped is... up fairly quickly, which I thought oh, yeah. was great too. Because it's like you know, you like you you like watching them, you like watching the stream, you like watching the commentators and everything. But it's also nice to know that all of the puppies are also being adopted at yeah. the same time. So See, whoever thought I know of that is a genius. I I just like imagine my dog getting to do this and how excited she would be. And I'm like, oh my god, this needs to be a thing that happens across the world. They need to have like little puppy Overwatch tournaments everywhere so I can get my dog dressed up as as I, Reinhardt. I'd watch them i would totally watch them i i don't know why this started like not not the puppy rumble but like ever since overwatch became a thing it, people just started dressing up their dogs in overwatch cosplay like i don't know if other games have had that happen with uh, them or yeah not. there's okay. there's this amazing cat <laughs> okay go on i'm sorry i just realized how weird that sounds coming out of my mouth but there's this cat out there who on twitter people post pictures of this cat all the time generally dressing up as uh, the latest run has been characters from critical role which is oh, like <laughs> yeah it's like a D show that voice actors do um matt mercer is is uh the dm for it and there's a bunch of other laura bailey the voice of jana proudmore she does she's on it anyway so they play D once a week and they all have characters that they play while they're doing D, obviously and um this person has been dressing up their cat <laughs> as that and then i think the cat has also <laughs> made appearances as overwatch characters um, i just I've... posted a picture in our work chat channel on discord yeah. of a shiba inu with a full set of mercy wings yeah like and, and that's they're, they're that's the thing I the have, mercy shiba the is adorable rumble, I, I before the puppy rumble i've seen tons of these dogs dressed as I mean, they were at blizzcon yeah and it's just i i don't know how it started Look, dogs and cats and costumes are just amazing altogether. But that's like a thing that's been going on for a very long time. Like people will dress them up as comics characters or just from different video games. Outside of my realm until it started with Overwatch because yeah, but I I love it. I love every bit of it. (laughs) So yeah, the puppy rumble that happened. (laughs) And we should probably not that we should. We could talk about the Puppy Rumble all day, honestly, but we should talk about some other stuff. And one of the things we should talk about is Battle for Azeroth. Um, um, wait, they just did. Wait, oh, we, we, you want to do something else? Go. Yeah, I was gonna say, can we finish the Overwatch talk while we're at it? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I was the contenders wrong. trials, right? Yeah, but I, I'm I'm talking about like Overwatch League. I was wrong last week because I said that I thought Overwatch League was coming back. I think I said the 24th. No, it's not the 24th. It's tonight, guys. <laughs> it comes oh. back tonight, and the Valiant are taking on uh, Soul Dynasty at six, and they've made tonight, some cha- as in tonight, tonight when this is being recorded. Yes, tonight, as in February 21st. And if you are listening to this when we release the show on the site or on. Uh, you know iTunes and all the other feeds on the 23rd hey there's still games going on stage 2 has begun but they have made some changes to uh, the stage just based on feedback and based on how things were going um, which I was actually kind of happy about they uh, they basically they changed the scheduling a little bit 
um, each weekday match begins at 6 central and then the Saturday matches begin at 3 p.m. and there's no variation. They're also adding an extra day for the playoffs so there's not like this gigantic 15 hour long day where they're just doing playoff games all day long which don't get me wrong was kind of fun but by the end of it it was like I need to go to bed but these are so good. (laughs) That's sort of how HGC like it Mm -hmm. it's well it starts at noon eastern time and some of the matches would go past 11 p.m. so it was it was an all-day thing yeah which yeah like you said was like i want to keep watching but also it's i have to do stuff yeah Yeah, and i mean that's not it's not um a bad thing necessarily but it is if you want to see all the games and stuff so they made made changes to scheduling but yeah that starts tonight with um and I think it's, is it Friday? I want to say that it's Friday. Let me double check this just to be sure. Uh, yes, Friday at 6. The New York Excelsior is going to take on the London Spitfire in the showdown. Um, those two teams were the last two teams on in the finals of Stage 1. So it's going to be nice to see them <laughs> come back again and see if uh, Excelsior can take down Spitfire or not. Um, and so again, do these have... Sorry, is is this the like new updated rosters? Yes. If if any, okay. Yes. Um, there's actually a bunch of personnel changes that have been going on back and forth. I, the most notable one was that uh, the Dragons picked up Gaguri, but there there have been a yeah. lot of other changes and swaps and things too. Um, Florida Mayhem picked up a few new players. However, they're all Korean, which is good because they're good players. On the other hand, the language barrier, how is that going to affect things? Is it going to affect things? We don't know. We'll find out. Um, yeah. So there's there's a lot of different things that are going on right now. And then, yeah, um, Rossi, you mentioned the contenders trials? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're happening, aren't they? I mean, that was pretty much it. Yeah, they are happening. Um it begins. What actually, are they? Or... No, the, well, they're happening, but the regular season for Overwatch contenders it begins March 11th in North America and in Europe. Um, trials are underway to see who's going to join them. Um, and the trials began, I think it was last week or something like that. So there's a bunch of teams. I'm not even sure what's up with the whole contender thing. I think the contender thing is basically it's kind of like the AAA of the Overwatch League. So it's people that would like to be pro, but they aren't quite at that level yet. Or is they're... it like it's the like HTC Open Division? If, if I don't know if that helps or not, but where people can like co- compete outside as, at a, and get a shot at going to the actual HTC. Maybe, like that? maybe I don't know. I like to liken it more to um, AAA, like baseball. Like you have baseball teams, and then you have the AAA teams that are kind of for specific. They're they're like under specific teams or whatever. And the guys that are in AAA, they play like it's regular baseball and everything. And then every now and again, they'll make it up to the major leagues, and they can actually, you know, it's it's that kind of a situation with contenders. But um, okay, yeah. So that's something that is going on right now. Uh, they have like an actual schedule and roster info laid out you can find that over on the contenders website which honestly uh they did a revamp for the website so that's pretty cool too you can check that out on the official overwatch website and look that up it's pretty great cool uh we should like i said before we're going to move on a little bit to some battle for azeroth news yes one of the things that we should talk about is they've basically made a post ornix made a post on the forums that they're looking at what happened to transmog farming in patch 7.3.5 because when they introduced scaling dungeons they had Ugh. they made first pers- they made personal loot a part of it as one of the reasons that they could do the scaling but as a result of that if you're like me let's 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 use me as an example i like to farm up various pieces of gear that are not for warriors um i like to go for daggers just because i like to collect daggers um, I like to go for, you know, oddities like healing maces, um, fist weapons. Or and in I my like case, get... in my case, I'm a rogue and I like collecting leather druid gear just because it's pretty. Yeah. And yeah. If that druid yeah. gear has int on it, like this int plate too, they, keep in mind that they, they got yeah. rid of that stuff in Warlords, but the older stuff still had it for a mm-hmm. lot of places. You can't get it. If it doesn't, if it has a stat you don't use, so if you're a rogue going transmog farming for like you know old leather gear that's you know druid healing gear, you can't get it now, and that's 
they're looking at that. They're looking at some other problems too. And one of the things Ornick said is that they're looking to into when uh, Battle for Azeroth comes out, they're looking to put in something called Legacy Loot Mode. And the way Legacy Loot Mode will work is when you hit enter a raid, it will check your level against the raid's intended level. Raid so or dungeon, raid, right? Raid or yeah. dungeon, yes. Dungeons are also included. If the uh, raid or dungeon is ten levels below where you are. Like so, if it's a legion dungeon and you're about you're a fully leveled 120 level character, uh, the dungeon will go into the dungeon array will go into legacy loot mode, which will make several changes. One is that it will assume max occupancy, even if there's just you. So if you're in molten core, it's going to be assuming it's going to drop loot like it's there's 40 people in there. It's not going to drop loot for one person. So I'm going to do personal loot. It's going to say, okay, drop loot like it's 40 people in here. Uh, for dungeons, it will be five people. For flexible raid sizes, anything like old LFRs or anything that came in after flex raiding, so Warlords raids, um, and for that matter, Legion raids, those raids will assume 20 players. It'll be as if you have 20 players. If you go in with two people, it'll still drop loot for 20 players. Like, say, let's assume that the dungeon drops four pieces of gear per boss because that's how many it dropped when it had you had 20 people in. It will drop four for one person if you're running it just by yourself. If you're with somebody else, it'll drop two pieces of loot per person, but those pieces of loot will be completely tradable. Yeah. So if it drops healing, like, you know, healing cloth for one person and you want it, and they don't, they can give it to you. It doesn't matter if it's for their spec or not. And that's the third thing. Anything it drops will just be anything on the loot table. It will not check spec. Yay! So if you yeah. want, like, if your rogue has been trying forever to get, like, that, you know, terrible looking mask from old oh uh, terrible excuse me the healing one come on it looks like edvard monks the scream is swallowing your head it yes. is a terrible helmet i'm so no is but this a red get, hat terrible yeah it's, it, it's well the rogues had it too actually it's the i tier, was gonna say just, i thought oh you're talking about the dead yoda hat yeah dead yoda okay. hat. there's there's a rogue version there's a, a i thought you were talking about the rogue one no yeah they're, they're all, there was a druid healing hat that had the same model Okay. But a friend, okay. a friend of mine used to be farming for it because it's a different color. But if you want that hat on your rogue and it, you couldn't get it because it was a healing hat, now you'll be able to get it because anything that can, can drop might drop. Uh, so I, I'm personally very stoked about this. Oh, not, yeah. just, not just for the removing the restrictions on spec, but because now stuff will actually drop. Like you'll Instead of killing a boss and getting one thing or two things, you, you'll get a bunch of stuff. Yeah, the, uh, the maximum occupancy thing is, is a really, really nice, you know, way to ensure loot. Because uh, with the, especially with the personal loot switch, like you weren't guaranteed loot at all, which really you weren't guaranteed sucks. anything. You could you could kill a boss and get nothing, which just yeah. ugh, that's I don't like that ever. I don't like it that. It feels terrible, yeah. doesn't it? It, it doesn't, just feels it, bad. It feels like a it feels like a bug. It's like yeah, I like, went to all the trouble. To kit myself, I'm soloing this place by myself. I am that much of a god in this game, and I don't get loot after killing that big thing. Yeah, no, that it's feels terrible. terrible. <laughs> it is one of those things that I swear, I seriously like. I've never, I've never liked it at all. And they've tried to fix it since they instituted it. Uh, when they they've tried doing it where like they have coin rolls, they tried doing it where okay, well you'll get gold. They tried doing it where it's like well you'll get a lot of gold. They tried they, doing it where you'll get artifact power. None of it feels right. None they it they had right. it where I think War I think Warlords was where they introduced this, and they had it where uh, people didn't like it at first for sure, and then it was like all right, well you are guaranteed to drop on the last boss, which okay. That was better, but it was still like you could go, you know, four bosses before get absolutely nothing while other people are getting something. And what if that the you might not even you, be able to use the gear you want might be on the one, a boss who isn't the last boss? So yeah, you're not exactly. doing me any favors. Thanks. You know, um, I do it, wish so, that they would implement this before Battle for Azeroth, I'm but I can understand. That, yeah. yeah, I can understand that. You know, I would like that as well, but I get the sense that it's not. It's, it's a non-trivial thing. There's tech involved there, so you know that's Plus, Battle take for time. Azeroth is like six months away. So yeah. I mean, yes, that's relatively true. speaking, it it's not as long of a wait as you know. If we didn't have a release date for Battle for Azeroth, it's like, well, are we going to be waiting a year, a year and a half? But we we know how long we'll wait, and it it's workable. Yeah, for, for right now, the, the really interesting thing, too, is that it, it's something that people brought to their attention. 
This is something that was big on the forums, that was big on Twitter and, and you know, other commenting systems. It, it's something – they even said, like Ornix actually thanked people for mentioning it. This is a situation where um, – I'll just say it. People were bringing up that this was going to be a problem on the PTR. And I feel like Blizzard knew it was going to be a problem, knew they didn't really have a way to fix it, and kind of went with it anyway. Yeah. Which is understandable if you really want to get the scaling system out. And overall, the scaling stuff is good. I've run like four or five dungeons. Um, the upside and downside to scaling is the dungeons last longer, which is great until you realize you're still running uh, dead mines at level 50. It's like I'm still I've been running dead mines since I started running dungeons and it's not stopping. I'm still in dead mines. Oh, God, I, I don't want to see this place anymore. But here it is again. <laughs> That's a bit of a problem. But overall, I get why they wanted scaling dungeons. But this change is good for people who like, you know, I'll just say it like at least two of the people on this podcast, if not all three, love to go to farm transmog. It's, oh, it's, well, all, you know, three. all three. Yeah. Uh, so it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, I. I, I, one of the things I'm most disappointed by, actually, when I've been, been doing transmog on my low-level character is, like, I know there's a ton of gear I have that I'm not able to use because it's not level 60 or below. Yeah, like, I as soon as I, I hit 70 the other night on the priest that I'm playing right now, and as soon as that happened, I opened up my transmog thing. I was like, oh, what sets did I just unlock? Because a lot yeah. of it, 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 sometimes it's like 58 or 68 or whatever, but you unlock, like an expansion or two's worth of sets at once now because of the way scaling yeah. is. And it's, I, I mean, yeah. I, I do like the fact that I'm able to put on like various pieces of gear. Um, one of the things about leveling my paladin, I was like, surprised to find out I had judgment already unlocked. Um, yeah. So my, my paladin could wear it. I was like, I don't know how that happened. I must've gotten it on some other paladin, but I, I really do like that. They're making this change. I like that. They're making changes to transmog. I think, I, I like seeing that Transmog is still a system that they're working on, but I really do want to see them do more with it. Um, so hopefully this is just the first of many things. But that, that does tie into another point on the list. And I don't know if we can get there if we're there yet. But right now, before we do that, though, um, Anne, I'm going to throw it over to you so you can talk a little bit. Oh, hey, guys. Um, so we celebrated our Blizzard Watch celebrated their our their. Can I just start over? I'm going to start over. All right. February. <laughs> It's the third year anniversary of Blizzard Watch, and we're very happy that you guys are still reading and following and supporting everything that we do. And we did release a year three anniversary shirt designed by Noxichu, and it's gorgeous. It has a phoenix on it, and it's only available for one more day. So if you haven't gotten your hands on it, this would be the day to go do that. And if you're listening to this on Patreon, you can still do that. If you're listening to this (laughs) <laughs> when we release the show on Friday, I'm very sorry, but it's probably gone now. Um, however, if you want to get your hands on that and you haven't gotten your hands on that yet, you can go to teespring.com, BW-year-3, and that's the number three, and order yours today. Again, there's like a day left to get your hands on this, and once it's gone, it's gone. So if you're looking for that anniversary shirt or, you know, you want to like help support us because we do enjoy that too feel free to go order one that's uh that's teespring.com bw-year-3 thank you very much and because you mentioned this earlier and i wanted to talk about it a bit there was a bunch of hot fixes recently in world of warcraft and uh one of them is kind of dear to your heart so to speak Uh, let's have a chat let's have a chat because last week last week we were talking i don't even remember what we were talking about we were talking about order hall resources and yeah, I, we, mentioned... we, I can i know how we got there uh, I... we got there because i said i would spend them to boost my character's rep right how... right well i mentioned offhand that one of the ways that i get order hall resources is i do a blood of sargeras flip so what i would do is anytime a Blood of Sargeras mission would pop up in my mission table, I would send my followers out to go get that and get the bonus, and then I would go take those Blood of Sargeras to the stupid little vendor and turn them in for order hall resources. And the net on that was about miss 600 order hall resources. Not a ton by any means, but it was enough to keep me going on a character that I'm not really playing much right now, aside from doing the occasional order hall missions. So, Blizzard 
decided last night to throw out a list of hot fixes, and one of the hot fixes that they put in there was that those missions that I used to use to flip and get my order haul resources have had their cost increased by 600 order haul resources. So now they cost the exact amount that you would get back if you took those Blood of Sargeras to the vendor and turned them into order haul resources, negating the whole thing that I mentioned that I liked doing last week. This you is shouldn't because, have said anything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Believe me, the biggest thing <laughs> on my mind right now is, ah, okay, so next time I find something that I like to do, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> However, the developer notes on this were pretty interesting because it said, completing these missions with bonus rewards previously returned more order hall resources than they cost. Yes, we know, Blizzard. That's why we were running that mission. They continue, rather than reduce their yield, we've increased the cost of the missions so that players with ample order hall resources can convert them to trade skill materials. To which I have to say, why? <laughs> like, why are people actually doing profession stuff? Is that a thing? Because last I heard, professions were pretty useless ex expansion, like, all around. I don't... I don't know about on the servers that you guys are on, but on my servers, trade skills are pretty, like, useless. People don't make the gear. Why would you bother making the gear when you can go to LFR? When you can do a world quest and get better gear I, than you could make on your own. I think maybe only people seeing... purchase herbs or minerals to resell, which I, I don't actually know who's buying them, but... I don't I do know who's buying people, them either. I do see people doing um, blacksmithing and engineering to make uh, transmog stuff. Like there's various legendaries that you make that people make, and there's also various like just. I mean, I guess you could make like potions make. and stuff for there raids. Are, there okay. are flasks. flasks and food. I think are the two things. Right. Are feasts and cauldrons. I guess is the more accurate. And I could see uh -huh. that. I could see that. But here's my question: because I looked at that and immediately went, "Why?" I mean, I have a leather worker, jewel crafter, and I can't remember the last time I made a gem or. A piece of leather gear. I haven't. No, wait. Excuse me. I'm an engineer, which is even more useless. The last thing I made on my engineer was the Blingtron toy, because that was the only thing that was like remotely entertaining or interesting <laughs> or useful to my character. It's like, okay, cool. I could play the game with the bouncing ribbons. That's great. Nothing else. Nothing else is anything that really makes a difference in how I play or what I do. So why would I bother spending trade skill materials on it? I wouldn't. I, don't. I made a gun hat a while back, and that's item level 880, so I have, you know, no reason to use it. Yeah. Since I got a better hat from, yeah. you know. It's like, yeah. I can go... I mean, I guess I, I theoretically could have obliterated it, but... I could go do a greater invasion. I, I mean, my rogue, I don't raid with my rogue. I do, I did LFR with my rogue, but mostly with my rogue these days, because I don't have, like, a solid raid guild or anything like that. I don't have the time to do raiding anymore, guys. Sorry. I used to do that all the time, but these days I have better things to be doing um, it doesn't matter though because my rogue is that I think my rogue's eye level is like 943 or something like that just from world quests and greater invasions like I'm not hurting oh, wow. on gear I kill things pretty effectively there's nothing wrong with the gear that I have I'm doing pretty well for myself so there's no reason to make any of this low level st like there's no reason there's just no reason even on alts because all I have to do with my main is go collect all the stupid little buy non-account things. I shouldn't call them stupid because they're not. They're actually really useful. But you collect all those little buy non-account armor pieces and you just collect them and hang on to them. And then when your alt hits max level, you mail them all of the stuff that you've collected and bam, they're 880. So it just, that doesn't make sense to me. Now... I will I will give you, okay, cauldrons make sense, so do feasts. Both of these things are absolutely necessary for raiding that I'm fine with. However, when you take a step back from this situation and you look at what Blizzard is intending here or what they state that they're intending, they said they want these missions in place so that people that have a lot of order hall resources can convert them to trade skill materials. My question is... Why don't you just have a vendor that sells these trade skill materials for order hall resources? Why do we have to go through that extra step? 
why do we have to go to an order hall mission, send some dudes, wait for them to come back, take the thing that they brought us, take that to a vendor, and then turn it in for trade skill materials? Why do we have just, that middle yeah. step? You think you could just put um, stuff for resources on the same vendor that you put stuff for Bledis or Garrus? Exactly. Like, why, you know. why is there a middle step there? That makes but, legitimately no sense to me other than we would like to make you twiddle your thumbs and waste your time because we're no better to the, than a mobile game. Like, what? It, my my question, <clears throat> more more so than any of this, too, like, it, it doesn't bother me. I, I agree with what you say. It doesn't bother me as much just because I haven't been doing it. Um, but I, I don't get why. Like, why bother nerfing it when you're six months away from a new expansion? Like, why not just let people... Maybe that's the other thing, too, is I'm like, the reason I'm not playing my rogue very much and I'm not doing world quests is because, number one, I have all reputations max. Number two, I have all your Paragon mounts, Blizzard. Thanks. They were great. I I enjoy them. Number three, I'm busy playing alts. And I'm really enjoying playing alts. Like, I'm having fun playing my Nightborn. I've started playing around with a Void Elf, too, and that's super fun. So it's not like I'm not playing your game or anything. It's just that I have other characters I'd like to, like, do things with. So my main character, all I do basically is log on, check my order hall missions, maybe go do a world quest or two, depending on whatever, and then log back off and go back to my alt where I like. So what was the point of this nerf? (laughs) I just don't get it. I don't get it. If you wanted people to spend their order hall resources on trade skill materials, why don't you just put them on a vendor for order hall resources? I well, it doesn't I don't make any an sense. It just doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. <laughs> uh, not that I don't really have anything else to say on that subject, but I think we should probably segue really fast because um, yeah. yes, yesterday we found out that they've made a new installer for Warcraft Three. Ooh, yes, and. Part of the reason that's interesting is because last week there were rumors that there's going to be some kind of secret event in in the United States because various European, uh, especially Russian players, were getting visas to come to the United States for something and they couldn't say what. Um, that was a rumor that was around. I mean, we saw it in a while. This was a couple other places. Now, yesterday we found out there's a new installer for Warcraft 3. And the reason that that's interesting is because once you have an installer like that, it is simplicity itself to put it on the launcher. Yeah. Uh, that's what they did with StarCraft Remastered, if you, you know about that. StarCraft Remastered is right on the launcher. You can you know get it. You can buy it right there. You can play it like almost immediately. So um, this does kind of lend credence to the idea that we're going to get a remaster of Warcraft 3. Put it on mobile, Blizzard, please. I, I, I've been yes asking for this for years. <laughs> yes to everything. I want, I want Warcraft 3 remake, Frozen Throne. I, hell yeah, I'll take it on mobile. Um, I want to play yeah. it on my iPad. Make it happen. Un- announce it now. <laughs> but what's really interesting about that, too, is not just the idea that they're going to do a remaster, but uh, people have been floating Warcraft 4 yeah. for a while. Uh, I, people I have don't... been floating Warcraft 4, to be fair. They've been floating yeah. Warcraft 4 since what? Like Wrath of the Lich King? I, I don't know if yeah. it's so much floating as, like, I really want this. Please let me grasp Here's my thing. Yeah, here's my thing, though, why I don't think we're going to see a Warcraft 4 anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I think the, the success of StarCraft Remastered has taught Blizzard a valuable lesson. And that lesson is that StarCraft 2's biggest comp- competitor and the one that beat it was StarCraft. <laughs> StarCraft, yeah. the original StarCraft, was popular enough that StarCraft 2, all it did was take people away from StarCraft. It didn't have a chance to generate its own audience. And the two games are effectively in competition. The competition for StarCraft 2 right now is StarCraft Remastered. That's its competitor. It's because like the RTS the whole EverQuest genre... and EverQuest 2 situation, isn't it? Yeah. It does feel that way because the RTS genre is pretty stagnant right now. There's not a lot going on in it. Most of the games of that type are, are coming out more as 4X games, the Explorer you know, types. You're, not seeing, you're seeing more Civilization, Civ, Civ 5, Civ 6s than you're seeing you know, RTS games. You're not seeing a new Command & Conquer. You're not seeing... A lot of that. And I think if any company could put out a game, if any franchise was going to put out a game that would reignite RTS, it would probably be Warcraft 4. But at the same time, what game would Warcraft 4 be fighting? Warcraft 3. Warcraft 3 is the gold standard for the Warcraft setting. It's the, it's the gold standard for Warcraft RTSs. Any game you put out is going to be fighting that game. And I don't know if Blizzard wants to do that. I mean, I, that I, I is have any, you know. true, but I, I think the StarCraft competitive scene 
maybe this isn't true. I don't know. It it feels to me like the StarCraft competitive scene was bigger than the Warcraft competitive scene, which is why StarCraft was competing with StarCraft 2 or vice versa. There but, certainly is that. I mean, the Warcraft, even right now, the Warcraft 3 competitive scene is hardly uh, up there with what StarCraft there was. They, they have enough of one that we had that rumor. I mean, you know, there are. Yeah, I just I also in that same vein, I don't see them inviting a bunch of like competitive Warcraft players to announce a new game. No, that's that like, makes sense, because why bother? Why bother? Yeah, like, why would you, in, like, that's that's the sort of thing they want to make a big announcement for. It's not the sort of thing that they prepare, like, a competitive, you know, the competitive Warcraft you, 3 scene. If you have people that are already playing Warcraft 3 still, after all these years, and really familiar with it, and really, like, they know it inside and out, and you want somebody to test a revamped version of that game, who would you bring in to test it but the best players? Yeah, and yeah, this I've... isn't to say that Warcraft 4, you know, can't exist. Uh, Matuba and chat says might be just a primer to refresh and gain interest in Warcraft 4. That's true. That's that's perfectly valid. I don't. This particular rumor, though, I think is more of, of a potential Warcraft 3. Uh... I think it's almost certainly going to be a Warcraft 3 remaster because A, we know they've been talking about doing it forever, and B, they've had job postings for it, so... See, I would throw all of my money at them. Yeah. Alessander just pointed out in the chat channel and said, yeah, and there's still Warcraft 3 tournaments every week. I didn't know that, Alessander, but I'm glad that I know that now and that there's like still a tournament community for that game. It's just not something that's hyped as much as, I don't know, StarCraft. Well, StarCraft was super, super, super hyped, and you had like BarCraft nights that went on and everything, and then... Of course, you've got Heroes. And then, of course, you've got Overwatch League, which they're hyping from here to eternity. But I hadn't really heard much of the same for Warcraft 3. So that's why I was kind of unfamiliar with that. Yeah, but we'll definitely see what we get. I, f- I feel like we'll we'll hear fairly soon um, if there's going to be a remaster. There's going to be some news about it in a month. I'm really within a month. Excited. I'm really excited about the possibility of this. <laughs> I, I am, too. I I really want to emphasize that I would play the hell out of a Warcraft 4, and I really do hope that they make it someday. But before that happens, I would also play the hell out of a Warcraft 3 remaster because, yes, yes to everything. Okay, well, looking at the time right now, I'm going to actually try and hijack us to some emails because we haven't done them in a couple of weeks, and we have just enough time to do a couple. So if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzard watch. Um, if you can keep it within, you know, a couple hundred words, that is always great. Uh, shorter is better. If it's a tweet length, that's the wonderful. We love tweet length ones because we can really get into them. So, uh, Anne usually reads them for us and she's going to do so now, if you don't mind, Anne. Okay. First one is from Plagueis. Plagueis. Have you heard the story of Plagueis? <laughs> Plagueis. Anyway, uh, from Hellscream US, who says, Hello, watchers. The Death Knight mount is a raised red dragon. I think it's a good reason for a conflict between Death Knights and the rag- red dragon flight. What do you think? Um, and then there's like a second part to this, too, where they say, So are they really just going to hand wave away all the straight up evil stuff you and your order hall does during <laughs> Legion? Any Death Knight PC should be the most hated person on the planet now that the Legion is gone. But based on how Paladins and Lady Liadrin seem to think you're still great, makes me think they might hand wave it away. Regards, Plagueis. I don't think it's fair to say they hand wave it away so much as you kind of the one the one thing you did directly to the Paladins you got smacked for. Yeah. Like, the, the head time. of the Death Knight Order died. Um, granted, he came back, because Death Knights, but, <laughs> He you wasn't know, dead dead. He was just mostly yeah. dead. He, he he got dragged out of that place, like, smoldering. There were, like, you know, bits of him scattered about. Darian Mulgrave has not had good luck with Light's Hope Chapel. He should stay away from that place, quite frankly. It ain't good for him. So I don't... Darian, I don't, know don't go there. It's not for you. <laughs> Most of the other evil <laughs> stuff... I want to go... I did all that evil stuff on my death night. Like, and, and I said it, I remember even saying at the time we were doing the leveling stream and I was like, my God, the things I'm doing are horrible. That's like, what the, I love about it. Well, it's fine. Yeah. It's, when it's, we were doing the death works. night leveling, like at the beginning. Yeah. No, 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 the order hall stuff. Oh, the like, order the, hall stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We all have to go and do our stuff separately because you know, that you have to do order hall stuff pretty much by yourself. Right. So you guys, you were talking about how you're doing your hunter and Mitch would be talking about doing mage stuff. And I'd be like, yeah, I went to, to like the, the wrathy plains and I, I straight up murdered the evil son of, you know, I forget his name, but Gary, was it Galen? Yeah. Galen, Galen Trollbane. Trollbane. Yeah. I straight up had to murder Galen Trollbane and, 
And, you know, then I had to take his father's body out and reanimate it into a death knight. But but that was after I, I made Naz, you know, Nazgrim a death knight. But before I, I made Sally, Sally Whitemane. Uh, oh, and you can't night. believe what I'm going to do next. <laughs> yeah. But hey, they're sending me to dig Tyrion up. So I'm pretty sure that's going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the thing he's talking about with the mount, um, yeah. it's not just that it's a raised red dragon. There's actually a whole thing where you break this thing to your will. And it's like actually pretty epic. It's one of the better mount getting stories. Like it's I not there with the monk a, one. Yeah. I haven't gotten a Death Knight to 110 and I really want to now. Yeah, the Death Knight their one story, yeah, yeah, their stuff is so cool. Death Knights have one of the better class campaigns, I think. Uh, it's, I'd put it slightly behind the Priest Paladin one, um, but mostly from the Paladin side. I feel like the Priests kind of get a little shafted on the Priest Paladin one, especially if you're a Shadow Priest, because as much as I usually mock Mitch for this, I'll give him points on it. Shadow Priests really, it's like they forget that dude's a Shadow Priest every time oh, they talk. Oh, God, I am so mad about this on so many levels and in I so think- many places. I think the best part was when I did that on my Horde Shadow Priest, because I have a Forsaken Shadow Priest. I went and did all the Order Hall stuff. Uh, there was this thing where Velen was like, yeah, I had a vision, and you're the one who's going to bring the light to Azeroth. And I'm just, like, looking at him going, are you, you sure? Are you, did you, I mean, have you looked at me lately, Velen? Like, really look. You're the <laughs> prophet? Like, are you blind? No, exactly. You're not using any light, so you can spare some. It's fine. <laughs> You have so much in your I pockets. Don't, I don't have any to spare. I am the antithesis of light. No, no, that's not how it works. You can't have shadow without light. There's obviously some massive amount of light around there somewhere. Just bring it down. Alan, shut up. Stop being stupid. So, but yeah. yeah um, do you think that they're the going to hand wave yeah. all this Death Knight stuff? Or do you think it's going to come back at some point? I feel like it's got to come back at some point. I- I feel like it's well. First off, I feel like it might come back in an expansion or two because I will be amazed if it doesn't turn out we made the death the Lich King super strong and gave him a bunch of really super strong servants and yeah. he doesn't and use them. Yeah, like I handed him a brand new four horsemen. <laughs> I, I handed him. Here you a go, buddy. <laughs> What's I always want to call her Sinestra. I know that's not her name. The one that goes, your Sindragosa? pathetic magic betrays you. Yes. Sindragosa. I just handed him a red dragon version of Cindergos. I see. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I did some bad things. As far as hand waving goes, I don't know necessarily if they will hand wave it, but I, I also don't think they're going to blame the player for what happened. Like, um, I, I think, yeah, it could definitely come back to the Lich King himself, but I, I don't know if it, it'll affect, like, I don't think they'll ever get anything from other players like the problem with that yeah because the problem would be is if you roll a death knight after legion and you don't really like it would be possible to get yourself to 120 and not do that campaign yeah and then they, are they still gonna blame you even though you didn't do it like you know it's that's one of those things that they always have to be ginger with when they're yeah. doing stuff like like you can't necessarily assume that a level like 100 or 110 or soon to be 120 character has done black temple and it's to me, it, it's sort of in the same vein as uh, like, you know, when when you go to Argus uh, in the Antorus raid, like the Shadow Dagger is like, oh, we've sought entry to this realm for a long time. I can't believe Immortals, the one that finally got us here. Like that feels like it hopefully at least will be pointing to something. But I don't ever think it would be like, oh, man, look at that Shadow Priest over there. What a jerk. He's the one that kind of screwed us over. I think it'll no, just totally s- well. It's sto- be story. It's yes. You, it'll- Hey, if Blizzard if Blizzard wants to put an NPC of me in the game and have everybody blame it for that, I'm okay with that. But outside of that, I think uh, it would just be like, you know, the generic, oh, they got entry here because of something. But I don't think they'll I don't think they'll ever pit players against players outside of the faction conflict. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like the kind of thing they're going to necessarily if they if they mention it all be like just the death lord they won't ever like you know, and they'll be vague about it. They just straight up blame it all on Darian or the Lich King. Yeah, something like that. Okay, so uh, next email that we have is from Sivus of Dethicus, who says, "Greetings, Watchers. What is up with all the ghosts wandering around Dark Moon Isle? I died at the Blightbor concert, and I noticed them when I was running back. I love the Dark Moon Fair so much. Like, I I can't stress that enough. How much I love the creepy, creepy, creepy Dark Moon Fair." Um, so love the music so good there's there's no explanation for those ghosts they are there but if you talk to them they will tell you interesting things some of them do 
I believe all of them do. Don't all of them have conversation options? Uh, almost. I don't know. I I know there's there are plenty of unique ones. I don't know if it's every single one. Yeah. Front, I haven't died on a Dark Moon Island in a long time, so it's not like I've been able to check. The, the Dark Moon Fair is kind of like, it was, we don't know why it was formed. We don't know much about Silas Dark Moon. Um, there was a really interesting short in one of the manga, the Warcraft manga issues, and I can't remember which one it was. I want to say number five, but um, I could be incorrect on that, where they're talking about how the carnival takes care of its own, and it's just as kind of dark as you would expect to be <laughs> at the end. Um, there's nothing more terrifying than an angry Silas Dark Moon. I will leave it at that and say that if you have not read the Warcraft manga, uh, you should. You probably should. Um, as far as the ghosts go, there's no explanation for them, but Dark Moon Isle has a lot of really weird things going on with it. It's not just the Dark Moon Fair. There's just weird stuff on the island altogether. Um, and we haven't gotten any real explanations for it. I don't know if we ever will. I think it's just kind of a flavor thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, I it's think they just wanted cool, to create. Yeah, they wanted a creepy carnival with, you know, eye art everywhere to make you think, what? Why are there eye art? What's going on with this place? What is it, it the summer carnival? What's going on? It's sort of, and shameless self-promotion here, there was a thing I did a, a while back for, like, Halloween about all the ghosts and stuff that's hidden in the game. Dar- I think Darkman was one of them, but it's also um, Anderhall. No, not Anderhall. Um, Skullamance, the island that Skullamance. Skullamance, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that, Cardaro. Oh, yeah, Caradero. Uh, There's been ghosts in Caradero since yeah. vanilla. Yeah, there have, but I, I can't remember if you see them when you're dead or if you have to have, like, the Eye There's of Divinity a, or whatever. There's an amulet that you used to be able to get, um, that you had to get to get into right. Solomance. Right. And um, I still have it on my main character, on, like, a couple of my characters, I think. So I can see the ghosts if I want to. I don't remember if the Eye of Divinity worked on that island or not because... The Eye of Divinity works uh, in other places, but yeah, that might be... I ha- I only had the Eye of Divinity for a pretty short time before I actually went and did the Benediction quest, so... Oh, see, I, I got it, did the quest... Actually, I did it, I think, in BC, but then I went back and farmed, and I have a second one, so I have a spare eye. Yeah, I um, get I... a spare. Point being, um, Cardaro has something very similar, and it's, it's not just, you know, ghosts wandering around. It's unique ghosts that will like like I, i'm pretty vendors. sure some of them have, there's vendors some of the ghosts have names they'll say stuff like i i think this there's... is the one where they think they're still alive in some cases it's yeah. it's super creepy and they're the awesome former residents they're the former residents of caradero is what they are um yeah and, and it's, it's they were all things. killed horrifically yeah. Scholomance yeah. is pretty dark, guys. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, though, where, like, again, I think I don't know if you can actually do this if you don't have the vanilla item, but Dark Moon Fair is very similar in that there's no, there's less lore around the Dark Moon Fair than this, but it's just, it's a flavor thing, and it's super cool and pretty creepy, and I love that sort of stuff. I kind of appreciate the whole creep factor. I really do. Oh, yeah. um, anything to add, Rossi? No, but I think you covered it. Okay, uh, next email is from Lomshank, Orc Hunter, who says, Hello, Watchers. If you were hired by Blizzard to write one book for any of its games, which game would it be, and what would it be about? Rossi? Oh, I thought you were going to go with Mitch. Um, I would write something for StarCraft, and it would be a novel about the Protoss. Okay. Yes, I've wanted to write something about the Protoss for a very long time. Uh, I find the Kala fascinating. I love the idea of, like, now that they're in a completely different place, now that it's broken, what are they going to do? Just, yeah, I would totally, like, dig on a Protoss novel. Uh, backup would be World of Warcraft, something with the Draenei. Because... Okay. Draenei, right. Also, there's there's an awesome emote the Lightforge get where they go, My life for I or uh, I mean Argus. <laughs> My life for Argus. Yes. Do they really? Yes, yes. Yeah, really do. It's fantastic. Oh, that is awesome. Um, Mitch, what about you? Okay. Uh, first thing that came to mind was um, something Heroes of the Storm-ish that tied the uh, the like similar universes. Like you know how there's multiple pajama skins, and then there's like the superhero skins. Something you that... want to do a Heroes of the Storm multiverse type thing. I, exactly. I, I want to bring together, at least explore one of the multiverses where these heroes come from and just go nuts and have fun with it. Uh, like Rossi, my backup would be 
wow probably about something forsaken or undeady or you know something like that i like that I, you're i, I, I really that. i really like that your first thought is basically crisis on infinite nexuses yes exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i, I think I, that's I think great that, i would I read that would really, that would be really fun to do um and there's just like you know no limits that's you know one of the things that's awesome about heroes is that you can just kind of go wild with it um whereas warcraft i think you would i'd be able to do something more serious but it would also have to you know work within the confines of what we know and don't know and all that fun stuff okay can i go like i know they said one book but can i can i expand on that go ahead okay yeah who's gonna stop you i want to write an overwatch novel only I don't want to write one novel. I want to write a trilogy or rather three trilogies, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I'm ambitious here, guys, okay? I think that there's enough of Overwatch's history to easily make a pretty good trilogy of novels, if not several trilogies worth of novels. And I'd love to write a book about like the original formation of Overwatch and the Omnic War, like the, like the Omnic Crisis way back in the day, what brought it about. Not like revealing everything that happened with it, but like surrounding the characters that are involved with it. So you really get into the head of Jack Morrison and Gabriel and like all of the other characters that were involved with that and with the formation of Overwatch and end that trilogy with the end of the Omnic Crisis. And then start a second trilogy that's basically like Overwatch's heyday where all of the other heroes come into play like Winston and Tracer and all of those other people that came in like after the Omnic Crisis was already done and over with. Wait, was Tracer in the original? I think Tracer was in the original. I don't remember. I gotta go look again. Anyway, the third one, and the really interesting one, would cover Overwatch's downfall, right? All of that stuff that happened, the things that went on with Blackwatch, all of that intrigue that goes on behind the scenes, them dealing with the public and trying to keep that public face while all of this shady stuff is going on in the back end, and Morrison and Gabriel like button heads. I think that that would make like a really good series of novels, and I would love to write it. Okay, uh, follow-up question. Yes. Would you want to do this from like a third-person omniscient perspective, or yes. would you want to do it from like a single point of view? No, third-person perspective. Okay, that be that would be super cool. Yeah, I I think that um, there is a gap in the world of good superhero novels, and I feel like Overwatch would fill that gap. Um, Alex, I know Alex Zabart, he's written um, some books, some superhero novels that are really really good, but. Um, I find it hard to find those outside of the context of comics because usually if you're talking superheroes you talk about like comic books that's where they come into play you don't usually see a whole lot in the way of just flat novels and I would love to see some Overwatch novels I'm just saying you know what you could totally do at the end of the very first Overwatch novel have Jack Morrison go hail the Omnics no I'm going to say if we're going to talk about novels read the wildcard books yeah anyway we're awesome we have one more email here, so why don't we answer that real quick? Because it's just one more email. Yeah, are we okay sure. with that? That's fine. Yeah, I, there's one small bit of news I want to shout out before the end of the show, but we okay. can do the email first. Okay, let's do the email first. Email is from Velcron, who's an orc DK. Hey, Death Knights, have you done you anything did some shady bad stuff. lately, Velcrane? <laughs> anything shady that you'd like to tell us about? <laughs> Anyway, he's on Wormrest Accord and says, Hello, Watchers. Short question regarding the war in Battle for Azeroth. Would you consider this, for all intents and purposes, to be the Fourth War? What do you guys think? Um, the, third war was, the Third War was basically against the Legion. Mm-hmm. We just fought another big war against the Legion, so wouldn't that qualify as the Fourth War? What? That's what they're asking about. No, they're, oh, no, they're, they're asking, asking about they're Battle, asking Battle for, Azeroth. for Azeroth. Okay, yeah. So if we're going to say that... If, if we're going to name anything the Fourth War... We just defeated the Burning Legion in like a pitched series of battles across all of our planet and then another planet. And, you know, I, I'm okay with saying that one's the fourth war and whatever Anduin and Sylvanas' slap fight ends up getting called doesn't really interest me. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to me that this whole there, you know, we've had definitive first war, second war, third war, and Blizzard hasn't actually put a name behind this recent one. I, I, even that there's actually been other like it, it feels like even calling this the fourth war what about that deal where the scourge invaded and we all went up into northrend that doesn't count as a war yeah it's 
it's interesting to me that, that was, Blizzard hasn't gone out of their way to name that it. That one was referred to in the Ultimate Visual Guide as the War Against the Lich King. Um, that was the terminology assigned to that particular war. Honestly, if I were going to call anything the Fourth War, I would call, oh, I don't know, the Siege of Orgrimmar and that whole bit where the Horde turned against itself and the Alliance joined forces and it was this big, huge thing that happened on the shores of Pandaria and in or you know ending in Orgrimmar itself. I would call that the Fourth War, but that's not it. Um uh, I think that okay, I don't think we're going to get a Fourth War moniker specifically because Fourth War doesn't really tell you anything. We know that the Third War was that whole bit where, you know, the Burning Legion came back and there was the Scourge and it all happened, you know, all ended up on Hyjal and the World Tree got exploded, but Archimonde died and cool, that was the Third War. But for future reference, maybe Blizzard thinks that it's a little bit better to use more descriptive language when talking about these wars instead of just saying, oh yeah, that's the Fourth War. They'd rather say, oh, this was the war in Pandaria, or oh, this was the war against the Lich King, or oh, this is, you know, the war. This point, if we just Return keep of the Burning them, Legion, you know, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. If we well, just it's, keep it's counting the like... wars, we're going to like end up with 17 of them. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, real life. There are several wars, but there's only two world wars. I mean, maybe if they did a Warcraft 4, they would just say, hey, the Warcraft 4 story is the fourth war and kind of call it that. I don't um, know if they'd go that route. I, 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 I don't know if they would go that route. That seems to me like if they're going to go with the fourth war moniker, more likely than calling anything in WoW the fourth war. Uh, as far as Battle for Azeroth itself, I don't think we know enough about the actual fight we have been shown snippets and we know that the horde and alliance are going to be at each other again but we don't actually know uh what the end game of the expansion is and it could it could shift to a... God and stay you know totally horde versus alliance yeah i had i had a cue question about this and and i mentioned one of the things that i mentioned was that what we got at BlizzCon was the smallest slice of Battle for Azeroth and we were given something that has a lot of impact, yeah, but I bet you anything, what we're going to be, the finale of Battle for Azeroth is not going to be the Alliance and Horde punching the crap out of each other. That's just not how that expansion is going to end. It's, there's yeah. something else has to come into play here and we've had and, several viable hints as to other things that are going on. I don't think, I, I mean, I think we might start with this whole war thing, but I don't think we're going to end it there. We've also, I, I've noticed, I, like when, you know, I know we're going a little over here, but when uh, when the Broken Shore was out, a lot of players complained like, oh, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, if if you're the Alliance, yeah, you didn't necessarily see the Horde perspective, but like players totally saw both sides and realized that it's essentially a miscommunication right now about what happened. It feels like in Battle for Azeroth, uh, at least from what we've seen, Blizzard is being um, more coy in terms of player and NPCs. Like, and I this I can't really spoil, but um, in one of the intro scenarios, there's something that's left up to debate. And it, it feels like it could have easily been a moment where Blizzard, you know, answered it in one or both of the scenarios but they didn't and, and keep it... in mind too that like the stuff that we're seeing coming out of alpha and the stuff that we're seeing being data mined it's early alpha and that's data mining that may not be what we see when the game is actually released stuff goes that's... under revision all of the time you guys remember warlords when like you know Murad and Urel were like former lovers yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. or like, or or like in in Cataclysm where Ramoth was totally a bad guy. <laughs> he totally was. No, I, I, that's my <laughs> he was candy. a traitor, guy, like traitor this whole time. Yeah, you notice that Ramath is always involved when something goes south. Yeah, He's always there. <laughs> like when the 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 well gets like all void crazy because Alaria shows up. You notice Ramath is there pointing the fingers when you bring Quell the Law in. Ramath is there pointing fingers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that's that's why he exists. He's just the finger pointer, resident. Yeah, resident Kelthalos finger pointer. That's his official my, title. My my point is, I don't think we know what the next expansion is ultimately going to be about, and mm -hmm. I think Blizzard is doing there a are. good a good job, albeit one that definitely is getting the player base fired up, but a good job of keeping things vague. Okay. Like even much. the title, Battle without, for Yeah, Without actually telling you what's in the data miner or doing any spoiling, there's stuff coming out now that definitely 
makes you think, okay, what? What does this have to do? Oh, okay. So there's, there is more stuff going to be revealed. Um, I can tell you, Jaina's got an interesting hobby now. Um, <laughs> Jaina's angels. Yeah. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. Again, data mining stuff. We probably shouldn't <laughs> talk too much about that. But it's it, that is that is all I know is that there's something called Jaina's angels, and that just sounds. I don't really have words for it. Okay. Well, um, that wraps us up for emails, but Mitch, I, you said you wanted to mention something. Yeah. The, the very last thing, and we'll probably talk about this next week once it has more time to shake out, but today heroes of the storm did drop the patch that, you know, outside of a couple nerfs from my shocker and some other heroes, it dropped voice chat, which has been a controversial thing ever since it was announced at BlizzCon. Um, so if you, you know, if you see that in your game, I think by default, it's it will ask you, like, every game, do you want to join this? It's also like Overwatch, where there's team and party. Party being, you know, who you actually invite. Team being the random group that you're a part of. Um, you can choose to join it. You can... There's an abuse report system. Um, and you can, you know, mute individual players, so on and so forth. But that did come out today. It's been a, a controversial topic. Some people are really, you know, excited for it. Other people wish they would never implement it because they're afraid of, you know, what it could lead to and sorts of harassment and that kind of stuff. We could talk about it more next week. And once we have a better idea of how it shakes out, because it's literally only been out for a couple hours now and I haven't actually had a chance to see what it's like. Okay. But if you're playing heroes and you notice that that's what that's about. Okay. Well, we can talk about that more next week. Anyway, that wraps us up for emails and for the show here. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And again, if you want to get our third anniversary t-shirt, you've got one day left to do it. I'm sorry if you're listening to this on Friday, you were a little too late. But uh, if you want to get your hands on that, go to teespring.com slash bw-year-3. That's the number three, and you can order yours before they're gone forever. All right. Well, thank you very much, Anne. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. If you have an email for the podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch so we know it's for this show. Thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, we will be here next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.